Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. CBS Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. All right, Pick 6 Podcast, midweek pre-Thanksgiving edition. How is it Thanksgiving already? Will Brinson, Pete Prisco, Jason Lockenfora, Nick Costos sitting this one out. He'll be back for the Friday edition when we pick all these games. Sleepy. But for now, sleepy boy. It's a sleepy Let baby. the sleepy boy sleep. It is 11 a.m. Eastern time while we're recording Tuesday. This, He works till 3 or 4 in the morning. Sure, right. Whatever. You know who's not sleeping? Copper. What's up, Copper? How you doing, buddy? Shut I'm that two stories. Bo- I'm shut two that stories damn dog up. Shut the damn dog uh, up. Must God, be a delivery this, guy nice, at the door or something. Nice little, uh, nice little. I'm humble brag on how big your house is. Right, I'm two stories above Copper. Oh, dude, I have a basement. I mean, a humble brag. It's a, I've got, it's a three-story <laughs> house. If you include a basement, that's only half finished. Yeah. Let's that's... bring the pot on the road. You guys can come here and see uh, the lap of luxury that I live in anytime. You have an open invitation. We can do the podcast. That would actually be fun if we did the podcast on the road at everybody's different houses. Go to Jacksonville and do it at Pete's place. I've yes. been sort of Don't proposing want you something me. like that for years, but nobody listens to me. Don't want you near me. I... Okay, some house cleaning. Um, first of all, if you not, follow at Pick6Pod on Twitter. Eric DeChambeau. Doing a great job running that. Our producer, is that the true pronunciation? No, not at all. I'm, oh, it, I was going to say, you said that with authority. I was like, wait a minute, somebody correct the code? No, no, no. In fact, Bryson DeChambeau is a uh, golfer. So it's just kind of rolling with that one. Um, Bryson yeah, He has the worst swing in the history of mankind. He made his really? own. Really? Yeah, he was clearly born. He was clearly born on a freaking country club, though, huh? Yeah, probably the same, no, one, you know, same you know, one that Bryson really played at he did, when he was so growing he's, up. He's like a big math guy, and he's – um. All of his clubs are the same length. It's just like, weird the way his he driver's played. the same length as his he seven looks iron. So uncomfortable. All seven iron he looks so uncomfortable when he hits the ball. It's like yeah. it's weird. But you know what? He grew up at the same country club as Brinson, except you know what? He's got manners on the golf course, unlike little Willie Boy who snaps when he plays. <laughs> Does he golf in loafers like Brinson? Uh, no, Brinson doesn't golf in loser, loafers. He golfs in loser shoes when he runs. He, he actually tried to leave me on the golf course loser once. Shoes. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's a baby. He's the biggest baby I've ever seen in the history of my life. On the playing, golf course. playing against Pete was like it was. I mean, like we told this already. He turned on me. You, we told this right, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to be asking. Hey, um, anyway. Thanksgiving is coming up, so uh, let's let's uh, talk about our favorite Thanksgiving food and what we hate. Well, no, no, no. We're going to do that once we get the hot taker just right. All Let's right. do some news first. All right, got news. Um, What's oh, no, the also news? going to talk to Boomer Sison. Yeah, yeah. Boomer. All right, Boomer. 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 Boomer was great. Um, he, uh, we talked about all kinds of news and quarterback stuff, and I'd actually be interested. In, what, what do you guys think? We talked to Boomer about this, and we'll, we'll hear about it later. But um, he mentioned it on NFL Today. What do you do with the uh, the Bengals? Do you blow up the Bengals after the season? Do you? What do you? What do you do? Well, uh, I think Marvin's yeah, going upstairs, don't you, Jason? Yes. Yeah. Now I don't know how. You know, Mike Brown. He likes to sort of keep it in house, and he doesn't. 
you know, I don't, I don't know how exhaustive a coaching search it's going to be. He's not going to spend huge money on a coach. You know, can he keep it in-house with Paul Gunther? Do they bring Hugh Jackson back there in some capacity? Those have been some of the hot rumblings around the league since early in the season. But, no, I don't see a scenario where he, he can just go status quo. I mean, him not giving Marvin that sort of nominal one-year extension, that rolling extension that's been going on for a while, um, that was fairly telling to me, and now they've had a weak season on top of it. You think Gunther, um, you think Gunther's a legitimate? Yeah. I would like to see Paul Gunther as the head coach there. I think he'd do a good job. Yeah, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Okay, moving along to Seattle, where I don't know if you know this, Jason, but your boy Russell Wilson got beat up by Pete's boy Matt Ryan. Pete, the floor is yours. Well, Matt Ryan didn't throw for over 200 yards. It's hard to say it was on him. I mean, you know. I was just but but I'll say this. It, but I'll say this. Russell gave him 14. <laughs> I mean, everybody, look, Russell's line stinks. They can't run the ball. We get it. But he did give him 14, and all everybody said he's an MVP candidate after the game. Are you kidding me? But the Seahawks should play up-tempo, <laughs> spread him out. As critical as I've been of Russell Wilson, they should play fast and let him dictate tempo the entire game. And let them run around and have fun and throw the football around. That's what they should do. I know Pete Carroll's not going to do that. I don't think he will. I'm talking about from the start of the game. Let him play that spread, throw it around, have fun, run around game that he's so good at. And quit trying to be something you're not, which is a team that plays great defense and can run the ball because they're not that anymore. Yeah, they can't really do either anymore. And I think the, you know, it's a shame. The kid Davis goes like he might get it going and then he gets hurt. They just, it's it's such a rotating cast back there that nobody ever gets in a rhythm. There's never a hot hand, and um, the run game has has really regressed. Uh, look, they now give up into the people are going into Seattle on a quasi regular basis and putting thirty plus points up on them. Right, Houston did it, uh, the Redskins did it, and now uh, Atlanta's done it in a year when Atlanta's offense has not been doing that with regularity. So. Yeah, they got they, – you know, Seattle has some problems. I, I'm kind of with you, Pete. I, I feel like they, they kind of need to let Russell save the season with his legs and just kind of do what he does. I know they get concerned about what that means for his long-term health, and obviously they don't want to get him, um, you know, killed. But they're, the, the way that they win, the equation for them to play winning football has now shifted fairly dramatically in the last couple of years, and they're going to probably have to win despite their defense and not because of it. And you know what? In terms of the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan didn't have to do much last night. Yeah, but I still worry about their defense a little bit. That I mean, how do, they need to be better on that side of the ball, to me, and they should be better. They have enough talent on that side of the ball to be better. I thought they'd take a big step up, and they haven't. Uh, but look at their schedule the rest of the way. They're going to decide their own fate. I mean, they play in the division. What five games? Five out of their their remaining yeah. games. So I, I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, and, you know, they're going to be a dangerous playoff team. If you're the Rams, say you're the Rams and you're a three seed, you wouldn't want to play the Falcons as the six seed, would you? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I think the Falcons are the most dangerous potential six seed or even five seed or whatever you want to be. I mean, I, I did the math, and if Carolina – I mean, excuse me, if Atlanta and New Orleans split and Carolina beats – um the uh, the Saints and the Falcons beat the Panthers, and then they win the the rest of the games they're supposed to win, or or you know split fairly, you know play 
up to expectations, pretty good chance they're going to get three teams in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I think. And well, who else is going to get in there if they if those three don't? Get Detroit, there? Detroit, and, and Seattle are the only other teams really involved. I mean, Dallas is there at five and five. If they win, if, if Dallas, if Dallas, Dallas is in a win or go home game against the Chargers. So are the Chargers. Yeah, it's sure. a playoff game. We got a Thanksgiving playoff game this week. That's great. Um, do you think? Would you rather have the Falcons or the the Panthers, Pete? If I had to play one of them, yeah. Depends on where you're playing. I mean, playing it outside and the conditions are terrible, I'd probably rather play the, the Falcons. If I'm playing it, you know, in a nice conditions, I'd probably rather f- play the Panthers. Interesting. So but, if you're LA, you'd rather play the, uh, the Panthers. You'd rather play the Panthers. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I would. Um, is this, when you look at Seattle, they're in trouble. To get to, I mean, look, they're six and four. Their schedule's brutal though. Look at their schedule. Yeah. Their schedule's bad. They get at San Francisco, which is, you know, they should win that game, but it's not, I mean, it's not a layup, I guess. Philadelphia at home at Jacksonville, the Rams at home at Dallas, Arizona at home. That's it's hard to imagine back. the yes. Seahawks making a playoff run and then making a deep playoff run if they do. Are we, where are we, Jason, in terms of the, the time that the Legion of Boom and that defense has left? I mean, they're under contract, but the, you know, talking about a bunch of guys who yeah. are at 30. They're going to have to make a recalibration, I think, in the sort of their asset, um, you know, how, how they divide their assets and how much they spend. And, and look, they've spent a ton of money um, on – they've kind of done, like, the money on the defense, right, with the linebackers and a couple of the linemen and the whole secondary. And then the offense, they've tried to draft offensive linemen. They've drafted a ton of receivers, you know, Lockett and Richardson and all these guys. You know, they made the trade on that side for Jimmy Graham. They made the trade on that side for Percy Harvin. You know, they pay, you know, they, they, they've, they've invested a lot of draft picks and guys up high. And I think that, that they're going to have to switch that. And Russell Wilson is the franchise. They're going to have to invest more money in the offensive line. And they're going to hope that they can find the, the Richard Shermans because they have a skill set and a body type and certain things they look for in their defensive backs. I think they're going to be back to drafting those guys and now sinking um, funds into known quantities along the offensive line to reinvigorate that, that run game and to protect Russell a little bit more. You know, they've got Dwayne Brown under contract. They're going to have to weed out of the other four which two they think can play, and then I think they're going to have to spend big money in free agency, and guards are no longer cheap. So, you know, that's not like there's a, you know, they lost out on a guard this past year, and they were willing to spend top money too. So I, I, I don't know that they keep all those guys. I really don't. You know, you look at how old they are, where they are in their contracts. Look, is, is Sherm willing to redo his deal? You know, is Cam willing to redo his deal for team-friendly stuff? I, I don't know the answer to that yet, but those are the types of conversations they're going to start having around the combine as they – reshape themselves for the future. The window shut? See. The window shut? Well, no, I don't think the window shut because they have a franchise quarterback, but I think they will be a different team. They'll have, you know, they'll... they'll the window shut on that group, like though. Saying. The, they're going to have to be a team that wins with offense while they develop youngsters on defense. Right, but the window shut on this group. Well, for the guys who aren't there anymore, like if if Sherman's gone and Chancellor's gone... And the one that went Chris to the, but the group gone. that it's shut for them, the but it's not that, shut for right. Michael Bennett, and it's but, not shut for Earl Thomas. But the group that went to the Super Bowl, right, and it's not shut. For I get Bobby it, Wagner. Jason. But the group that went to the Super Bowl, as we know it, and won that window is shut for them. I don't see how they have more than two of the Legion of Boom on the roster next yeah. year, and yeah. and even it may not even be two. It may just be Earl. Uh, 
you know, they're going to have to do the math, and it's going to depend how much some of those guys want to stay there. And, and if it's a situation where we can't pay you this, but we can pay you that, then are they going to say, well, let me go see what's out there otherwise, you know, and what makes sense. And, you know, Sherman and Chancellor, can, can you keep paying them top dollar at their positions when you're paying top, you know, when you're doing that for linebackers and you're doing that for another safety, and pretty soon you're going to have to do that for a guard and a center or you're going to get the quarterback killed. Would you rather have Atlanta's roster moving forward or Seattle's? Atlanta. I'd have to think about it for more than I mean. I'm Atlanta's a lot younger, and they got help. They got they got talent on the offensive line, and more talent. At, uh, yeah, and their defense is younger. The defense. I mean, is I don't know. Alex Mack. You know what I mean? He's what does he kid. have left? I don't know. I'd have to really sit down and think about and, it. And Julio clearly hasn't been the same guy this year. He looks like he's slower. I mean, again, no, he's been banged up. The foot seems to be a, a a big issue. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. You know. I'm not sure where I would go with that right now. You wouldn't take Buffalo's roster, though. Sean McDermott's no. still deciding between, as of Tuesday at 11, while Nick Costas naps peacefully in his little race car bed. Um, Sean still McDermott has not, still has not paid up on his bet. I don't even know. Yeah, what's a, this, is, is this is embarrassing. Dude, like, you gotta he's send a typical the... Yankee fan. He's pathetic. Yeah, it's weak. Um, are they going to go Tyrod or are they going to go Nate Peterman? Jason, I expect them to go Tyrod, but I cannot say that with full authority. I'm not reporting that they're going with Tyrod, although people I'm talking to in that organization fully expect that they'll go with Tyrod. McDermott has not, uh, as we tape this, has not told many people, if any, um, you know, exactly what he's going to do. But the fact that he went back to Tyrod in that game has people thinking he's got to now try to win with Tyrod at least another week. I mean, I, I personally, I'd have kept Peterman in there. I mean, if you made that bold of a move, let him learn from some of his mistakes. Let him see what he can do. Can he dig his way out of this at all? Can he score any points for you? I mean, at 37-7, Tyrod's not winning that game for you. Joe Montana's not winning that game for you. Nobody's winning that game for you. So I would have kind of let the kid play it out. Look, if he comes out and throws two more picks or something, right. that's one thing. But you're kind of admitting you made a huge mistake when you bench him at halftime to me. I'm with you, Jason. I would have let him play through it. I would have forced him to play through it. I mean, how much well, worse could it get? You know what I mean? Like, he just had the worst half in the history of the NFL. Like, let's see if he's got some fight. You could have at least, like, schemed up. I mean, just, like, give him some dump-offs to LaShawn McCoy and let him get some confidence. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, try to get and something then, positive out of it. If you watch those, if you watch those picks, I mean, again, it, it really just emphasizes what a dumb move it was. He was getting crushed by Joey Bosa when he's throwing those balls. Well, yeah. But they had to know that coming in. Right. I mean, that was yeah. a bad, it was a bad decision I mean, to put him just, in. That, that was the timing of it I, I really didn't get. We talked about it in real time. Like, why not wait for the next home game? Like, I, dude, and then you saw what happened to Tyrod, too. I mean, they had the strip sack fumble, like, on his second or third drive where he got mauled. I mean, that's what the Chargers do to people. Um... NFL has denied Jerry Jones' request, according to a letter from the, the Wall Street Journal obtained, to vote, to have the NFL owners vote on Roger Goodell's contract. Are we about to see this thing wrap up, Jason? I mean, look, I've been reporting in <laughs> September that it was only a matter of time and that the, 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 the key tenets of this contract were long agreed to. 
And that it was a more of a PR thing as to when they finally announced it because they knew there was going to be uh, a PR consequence to it. And, you know, Trump will go crazy and Jerry will go crazy and a lot of fans will go crazy. But for the business of football, it had long ago been decided back in the spring that they were going to empower Roger Goodell to keep being their guy. And no amount of ESPN reporting, however based in truth it may or may not be, and that varies by the week, um, was going to change that. No matter how much Jerry Jones wanted to use the media to be his, his uh, loudspeaker, it wasn't going to change the fact that he had maybe three, maybe four or five, depending who you talk to, other owners even somewhat in his corner at a time when he would need 24 to hijack the process, and that's even if he got around the bylaws, which at this point wouldn't allow him to hijack the process. So I won't say much ado about nothing here, because any time a powerful owner is railing against the league, it's a story, but that story needs to be presented within the context, context and the confines of what is actually achievable and what is not, and what are the rantings of someone who appears at times to be a madman, and what are statements that actually could lead to real change for his franchise or the league as a whole. And he's been ineffectual at best through this entire thing. Has he, has he backed it up a little bit? Has he delayed it some? Sure, but the outcome is going to be what the outcome was always going to be, which is a five-year, $200 million max contract for Roger Goodell. He won't get that as a base salary, but if he hits all his incentives, as I reported on Sunday, then he still will be a $40 million man. was never going to be a $50 million man. And, and you know what? There's, you're right, Jason. There was never going to be any. There's too many old guard owners in this league that still stand up for the the league as a whole and the commissioner. That that was never going to get done ever. You know that. And he had none of them in his in his corner. Right. That's what I mean. He had no Roonies. He had right. no Maris. Right. He had no Richardson. Right. He had nobody of consequence in he his had, corner. What do you have, Dan Snyder? Yeah. And like you know, Amy Strunk, but maybe. Uh, you know, he, 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 people think he's got Bashadi. Um Jim Ursay. He's got Jim Ur- I mean, come on. Like, Jim Ursay is a, sympath- well, a sympathetic or a pathetic figure or whatever you want to say, given, you know, he, he's not a guy who seems to be thriving right now from a health standpoint or otherwise. I mean, this is the collection of, of owners, a small collection. Like, I heard he's been recruiting, you know, Tom Benson's wife for weeks now to be a part of it. She's not really into this. She's, she's in the league because of her husband, not because – she has some strong feelings about how it should be and what should changes should be made. I mean, that's the inner, that's Jerry's inner core. Please. All right. You know what time it is? It's midweek. Um, time for a little game show, guys. It's time for America's favorite game show. I'll take or just right. Thank you, Rod Roddy. Incredible job there. Sleepy Nick. Costa still makes an appearance on this podcast. It's just pre-taped so that it fits around his 13-hour-a-day sleeping schedule. He's got <laughs> to really be, you know, for all the jobs he has, and as, as, like, as hard as he works, he, he requires an inordinate amount of sleep, as anyone would in such circumstances. He, he actually requires an extra amount of sleep per week because of all the time he spends telling people about how hard he works. Like, that's the actual right. hardest part of his job. And all the time he spends not living up to his bets. Right. <laughs> Suck it! Jeez. <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, um, let's play Hot Taker just right. We're going to have a Thanksgiving focus here on some of them. First Full up, disclosure, Nick and his, again, astoundingly 
uh, packed schedule, particularly on a holiday week, he did find time to contribute a few hot takes or just rights. That is correct. Okay, I just wanted to just yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. The not, we, we won't. If it's just me, we won't play the game. That'd be stupid. That gotcha. Just, okay. Um, well, I just know how he is. You know, just check. Right, right. No, no, no. He he has sent him along. He's he maybe he might even have one related to Thanksgiving. We'll see. Okay. Um, Cowboys Chargers on CBS. As you guys mentioned, a playoff game for these two teams. Cowboys five and five. Fending for life in the NFC. Chargers four and six, not dead yet in the AFC, but need to go on the road and win the game. Hot taker just right. Dak Prescott has proven that he cannot carry the Cowboys on his own after the last two weeks. Jason. Do you, do you, me, me first? I, I mean, dude, the, uh, the kids played like 24 games, like whatever. Let's relax. I mean carry a team how many second year quarterbacks carry a team? how many quarterbacks uh, period can carry a team right how many right in the whole league carry a team um that smells like you brinson um <laughs> uh yeah it's a hot take i mean he's played two games under dire circumstances without a lot of key components and guess what that's that's what it looks like i mean that's what it's going to be i thought that he was a very good player but when people were asking me about you know, MVP and all that last year, I'm like, no. The MVP is the offensive line and running game, and he's doing a lot of really good things, and he's got a really bright future. But he is not operating an offense the way Tom Brady does and Aaron Rodgers does and the elite of the elite do. And you're seeing that. And if he was in year four, would he compensate a little better? Probably, but he's going to take his lumps in the short term. But he's a good kid. He's humble. He'll learn from it. And the Cowboys have a potential, you know, franchise quarterback there. So what would you say, hot take? Yeah, it's a hot take. I would tend to agree with you it's a hot take because Tyron Smith's not in the lineup. If Tyron Smith was in the lineup and he was playing this way, then it might not be a hot take. But uh, And Des Bryant can't run anymore, and Jason Witten can't run no. anymore. I mean, he's got no weapons around him. It's way His too early His weapons is Cole Beasley. It's yeah. back to what it was last yeah. year. It's feed Cole Beasley in the slot with, with an intermediate pass and hope we move the chains. Yeah, I say it's a hot take, and uh, Will, you wrote it. Uh, Nick actually wrote that one. Really? Surprise. So you guys are both there for one. I think I agree with you, though. I think it's a hot take. Dak Prescott has played well. Um, he hasn't played well the last for, two weeks. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played very well, but he's been missing a ton of weapons. Rank for me, Pete, in importance of value. Tyron Smith, Sean Lee, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott. Dude, don't what? leave Dan Bailey out of that equation either. Oh, he stop. helps me. When all they have to do is get to the other team's 40 or 35 to get points, that makes Jason Garrett, who to me is, and Lenahan, who to me are not, uh, you know, exactly Coriel or, you know, Bill Walsh, <laughs> makes their lives a hell of a lot easier. Watch, you see what's happened when that's not there. Hey, but let's not forget that the Eagles play without their starting left tackle. Jason Peters, who's a damn good player, they play without their Jordan starting Hicks too. Jordan Hicks, their their rising star middle linebacker. I mean, they they've been banged around a little bit too. So let's let's you know everybody. Nobody made a big deal out of it like they did with the Cowboys. But if I had to rank those guys, Dak Prescott one, hmm. Tyron Smith two, Elliott three, and who's the other one you said four? Sean Lee four. Lee to me at least been a big, that that no, defense changes when he's gone. But it's crazy because he can't really run any. I mean, he's right. been hurt all the time. Like, I mean, yeah. how would you rank him? That's what's crazy to me. 
Um, I would I would put Bailey in the top four. I would put Bailey. Four. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it. Wait, so who's I'm Bailey serious. ahead of Zeke, Dak? He's ahead of Sean Lee. Oh, stop it. I just don't. You, you got to have another. You, you, You're crazy. You got to have another smart dude you could plug in. How would you rank him? I think Tyron Smith might be the most defense. important player on that roster. He's not more important than the quarterback. I don't know, man. I mean, he's not more like, important like, than the quarterback. Adrian Claiborne sacked him six times. Like, I don't care. He's not more important quarterback. Look, look, if your quarterback's like good, the player at any other position is never more important than the quarterback. And I mean, I, I get that, and I and I and I, I'm fine with that philosophy, but. Jeez, Louis, who's the like, backup they... there? Um, What's his name from uh, the college kid from that they kept? Kellen Moore? No, the kid from Western Michigan. Um, oh, Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. He's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah no, the quarterback is the most passes. important one. Of course. Right. Yeah, who's more important than Zeke? Left tackle. Zeke Elliott or Tyron Smith? Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith. Okay. Um, Tyron Smith, by the way. I think the Cowboys are saying they believe Jerry expects him to play on Thursday. He was warming up before the Cowboys-Eagles game. Tried to give it a go and couldn't get it going. If Tyron Smith plays, who wins? Who do you guys see winning this game between the Chargers and the Cowboys? The Chargers are winning. Either way. Cowboys aren't very good right now. What? Cowboys aren't very good right now. Chargers are winning. Oh, you got the Chargers winning either way? Yep. Okay. Because you know we got to do our picks now because we'll – People won't be listening. I, I I like the Chargers a lot in this game, by the way. So yeah, yeah. Dave, Pat, are you going to put your super contest picks in before Thanksgiving? Yes, I will. Will the Chargers be included in those super contest? I picks? think so. As of right now, they will be. Yes. Mm, me too. Mm, oh, therefore, like I'm not the going to do it. I'm not going to do it then because you're, you're going to do it because that Dude, you're, you're a mush. And Smith Smith one thing. Dude, we we always get caught up in whether a guy suits up, right? And that's like, ooh, inactives, inactives, ooh, like. You got to then play sixty minutes against Ingram or Bosa, whoever else they want to throw at you, and them throwing stunts or them lining those two up together or coming up with a package to test you. Like, it's 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 great to get shot up and play a game. It's another to actually be able to play at anything close to what your best is, especially against a team that presents those unique challenges. Yeah, like you don't you don't you're not active, and then you're automatically like an elite level player for sixty minutes. Like, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Oh well, he's up this week, so that's not a problem anymore. Really? Okay. Well, let's see how the game unfolds. Um. So you, uh, you guys, we we agree. Clean sweep. Chargers against us. It's a pick 'em. So I assume if you like the Chargers to win, you like the Chargers against the spread. Obviously, I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hot take or just right? Stuffing is the single best thing that you will eat at Thanksgiving. Single best thing. It depends the best on who, it's a, side. Usually, it usually depends on who's making it. If well, God rest is it soul, like yeah? Does it have like the sausage in it? And right, stuff? right. See, see, Jason, they don't know that. You know, we think we've never had like stuffing. Willie, with stuffing Willie with Boy sausage? Blue Blood doesn't know anything about Italian sausage going into the stuffing. He has no idea. <laughs> exactly, he has no idea. You don't know nothing about that, Prince, and you could never understand it in a million years either. No, my mother used to make the best sausage sausage stuffing. It was unbelievable. So no, yeah, my grandmother, my grandmother. So to answer your question, is stuffing the best thing on Thanksgiving? Better than turkey, better than ham, better than anything else you would possibly eat. I would say right. that's a hot take, and uh, I, yeah, and, and you wrote it, Brinson. Who wrote it? I say Brinson wrote it. I say Nick wrote it. Um, it is a hot take, but marginal hot take. It's not. It's not as hot takey as you might. There think, are those out if there. If you're a connoisseur of a stuffing that could pass. Right. 
right. for a main dish as Pete and I are. Right. Not that, it's not that far Yeah, but you off. know what, though, Jason? There are people out there like my wife who think nothing, stuffing is nothing more than wet bread. Ooh, that is a bad oh, take. It was me. It was I. It was man. I wrote it. I think stuffing is the best. Um, you know what I think is also awesome? Uh, doing a. Um, you guys ever do like the next day, like Friday Friday sandwiches? You do stuffing and uh, no. cranberry no, and turkey cranberry sandwiches. And everything. No. Oh yeah. Hey, no. Brinson, yeah. I bet they put gray poupon in your stuffing at the Brinson household. <laughs> <laughs> a little lamb and mint jelly beef. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> Alright, here's another one. Turkey stinks and shouldn't be the centerpiece of any meal, holiday, or otherwise. That's the hot, one of the hottest takes of all time right yeah. there. I mean, I love turkey. I eat tons of turkey. I mean, I'm, people, I, I eat turkey sandwiches. I eat any kind of uh, turkey. No, that's a hot take, and that's a stupid take. Uh, it yeah. should be. Turkey although, is a staple of the American although, diet. Although, grow Jason. Up, grow up who wrote that. Although, that's Jason. Nick. That sounds like a baby boy. That's the rantings of a baby boy who doesn't know the world. Right. That's, that's Nick eight days a week. But that's Pay a, your best, punk. Yeah, I agree. I think that's Nick. But by the way, Jason, turkey's yeah. great on Thanksgiving, but it ain't better than like having an Italian feast for Christmas. Oh, no. no. Dude, come on. No. We so, used to, man, my, my, my grandmother would make chicken parm. She'd have ravioli. We'd have the sausage with the, I mean, the stuffing with the Italian sausage. It would be like three. It would be like three feasts in one. Right. You have the fish, the feast of the fishes on, on Christmas Eve. True story. Yeah. My grandmother used to come down from the train from New York with a bag. Right. She had a bag with her with live eels in it. <laughs> They'd be squiggling around old school. in the bag, and she'd get to our house and take the eels out and chop off the head and chop the eel up and put it in pieces in the sauce and cook it in there. True story. That's disgusting. Yeah. I didn't eat it, but they had it. <laughs> just, yeah. Hey, no, ma'am, can we, we check your, we can we check your bag? Oh, it's just live eels. Don't worry live about it. I would say this, though. Like sometimes when my – on my other side, so my mom's side is Polish, and sometimes for Easter or Thanksgiving we would have like chinina, like this blood soup. Um, and then I'd get the whole, like, Polish, you know, I'd get, like, the Polish sausage and, you know, the sauerkraut with the Polish sausage in it. Like, you can't beat that with the kielbasa in there and stuff. Turkey's good, uh, but it's, yeah. I love turkey, but I eat turkey all the time. So, for me, it's kind of like on Thanksgiving. Okay, great. You know, I'll be but honest. But you don't eat it prepared this way. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, it's not a I, true I, I really stuffed, think roasted turkey. People are going to say, hey, you know. when I say this, but I think Thanksgiving's an overrated holiday. You're an overrated holiday. You know what why I say about? that? Thanksgiving's great. You know why I say that? Because it's poor – the. Poor people who fix the meals spend hours, and my mother used to do this, spend hours and hours and hours. But most of the, the time meals. they love it. Most of the time they're I know, and, then and they, wouldn't want, they wouldn't let anybody else. You know what we used to do, Jason? It has to be a certain I had way. all boys in my house, and so my mom, and my mom loved football too, but we'd always tell my mom, you have to t- remember the game used to start at 1230 and then four all the time. Yeah. So there was always like a, and I always came, you got to time it up. So we eat dinner in between the kickoff at the end of the early game and the kickoff of the late game. And she'd be like, oh, okay. all right, I'll make it happen. And my no, mom, that, that, we didn't do it. No, oh, we didn't put any restrictions You kidding me? My mother made that. It was like every Thanksgiving. Not to mention that Wednesday used to be one of the best days of the year to go out when you were younger. So I was, oh, we, God, we were yeah. always hung over on Thanksgiving. When I had a life? Yeah, we were always, yeah. we were always hung over. Well, then we would play a turkey ball, though. Then we would play, well, for us, we, sometimes it was football. But more than not, we'd go to Patterson Park, 
And if it was too muddy, we'd go on the tennis courts. Then we'd play like a huge soccer tournament in my neighborhood, and we would do that. And then you'd like burn off the calories and get your head going again. And then you'd be starving, and then you'd have like the first Thanksgiving. And then we'd go to my grandmother's and have like a second Thanksgiving. And then you go out again at night on Thursday and have a few drinks. They come home a little buzz, Absolutely. and you Bars have the turkey open, sandwches. Uh, you know, around six or seven right. usually. Yeah, and then, then you have, come yeah. home at night, you have some turkey sandwiches. I, I mean, it was a. Really, and then you come home and have the turkey. Yeah, it I'll was do. good when you were. Absolutely. Now, That's how we do it in East Baltimore, babe. How do you rank the holidays, Brinson? Rank them. I want to hear the Brinson on the Brinson. Uh, what, meter. What, what, all of them or just like. Well, yeah, the Christmas. big ones. Well, first would be Wasp Amnesty Day, right? Right. That's... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> then it would be. <laughs> Pete, first is when the golf was with the country club. When the country club opens for spring golf, spring that golf with the country Masters, club. Amnesty Day would be yeah. Two. Then there's uh, Masters or one new Christmas loafers at Brooks Brothers Day. Don't uh, forget about that one. Yeah, when Brooks Brothers <laughs> on, on sales are loafers, the new yeah, loafers. That's a big year. holiday that for that's a holiday for the Brinson family. <laughs> Let's not I mean, forget I would say, croquet I, sticks. I, croquet sticks. When the spring breaks, you go get your new croquet sticks out back. That's another one. Well, see, what we've been doing, what we do now at the Brinson household is we have, um, we go to my parents' farm and we do, um, we do an oyster roast on Thanksgiving Day. And so we sit up there and I stream the wait, football. Wait, 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 wait. Your family does not have a f- operating farm. Oh, yeah, buddy. What? Oh, yeah. No, they don't. And you've never well, done a, a day of a work court, on that. There's a tennis court and a swimming pool. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There's no farm. Yeah, dude. No, we go to upstate New York where my sister-in-law lived. That's a farm. Right. I mean, that's like a small dairy farm with a couple of cows. Right. Like, that's right. Like and I raised small cows. American farmer, like real small American farmer. I like. raised cows. I raised cows growing up. We had cows. We had two barns. Lake. You did not. Yes, yeah, I did. But they also had a, they had a masseuse for the cows. The cows got pedicures every other Thursday. I mean, that sounds like quite a setup. Princeton, did you play? Do you ever have croquet in your in your house? I just want to know, yes or no? Did you have croquet? Um, we definitely played croquet at my grandparents' house yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah, I see a lot of. I could see a lot of. Uh, what is not? Is it badminton? What's the What's the sport where you hit the the cock or whatever the shuttlecock or whatever? What is that? <laughs> hey, uh, we gotta beat that one out. That's badminton. Yes, it is. Squash or badminton? Yeah. What is that? Or, that's badminton where you hit the shuttlecock. You know what? You're all over that. By the way, trust, I know you played some. I love the shuttlecock. Did you ever play? I Wait a second, real quick. Lawn darts. You remember lawn dart darts or whatever they were? Remember those? That dangerous game. You used to have to throw the dart. I always wanted to put that in somebody's back. <laughs> you throw the dart. Go. I will say this though: Do you ever botch it up? You ever do a no, little no, botch? Absolutely. My a grandfather, great botchy court my grandfather had a you come botchy, up here, we'll go play. My grandfather had a botchy court in his backyard. We used to go fata. Remember, they get the, you got to get yeah, yeah. We used to play. Throw the little ball down there. Yeah, and then you got to get closer to the to the, to the little yeah. one. And yeah, it was great. All right. So, by the way, there was Nick who hates turkey. And um, it's it's a hot take. You think I, you think it's just right? It, it was written by a baby with a small yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Yeah. He's a baby because uh, he uh, he would think about how sh- sheltered he is. He went out the other night and had barbecue for the first time in his life. What? Yes. What? That's what he said. He said, "You know, this barbecue is not so bad. I never had it before." And I go, "What's the matter with you, dude? He he's he, whatever, man. Let him sleep in the coffee thirteen hours a day." Really hey, ready. hey, how how do you um how would you guys rank? Where does Adam Thielen rank in terms of wide receivers in the NFL right now? Well, let me put it to you this way, because I keep writing about this in columns. I think it's Keenum to Thielen. Where does that rank in quarterback wide receiver connections? Like, name five that are better than me than that right now. Right now, like, can you? I don't think you can. I, I have I've had trouble doing it. Well, Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. Okay. 
uh, Brady to whoever he, hell he wants to throw to. Yeah, see, but that's not it. Uh, you can't give. Okay, it. Would you throw, say Brady to Gronk. Yeah, Brady to Gronk as much as Thielen. Right. You think? I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, it's you know they're having a good hey, look. Thielen's good. He's a top ten yeah. wide receiver. I don't think he's top five. When things do you? break down and he lobs it up for Thielen, it's ridiculous how many times it turns into a big. Well, you know why like Brinson, those two yeah. share a brain or something? You know why Brinson's doing that? Because he put that gif. I saw you put the gif out of uh, breaking ankles. I saw you. I saw you, Brinson. I mean, he broke somebody's ankles on a great route. What do you? What do you yeah, I know. I'm just saying. He's <laughs> number. He's number two in NFL in receiving yards. He's the only other Vikings player besides Randy Moss in 2003. To start in the first te- team's first ten games, you have nine hundred yards and sixty receptions. He's ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, and Julio Jones um, in terms of receiving yards. So let me ask you this: Who do you like? Vikings minus three at the Lions on the twelve, uh, the noon, the nooner, the twelve thirty or whatever it is, the early bird Thanksgiving game. I like the Vikings. I don't like. I don't. I don't I like, like the, that game. I like the Vikings. I, I think the Vikings go in there with their defense and win. I, I think the Lions are just okay. Um, and, and granted, I like when they play the way they've been playing with Matt Stafford, letting him throw it around, but I think the Vikings are good. I think Case Keenum is better than people give him credit for, to be honest with you. I really do. He's, he's very good. He's and, not the and, problem. This is, this is, isn't this the kind of game that Stafford wins, though? Like, this just is like, it's late November, they're at home on Thanksgiving, they're playing against a division team that's better than them. It is but tough on Thanksgiving. okay enough. Like, yeah. this is the game he wins in the fourth quarter to me. It is tough on Thanksgiving to play up there. By the way, uh, I can't find it, but there was actually a column written by some certain somebody by the name of me about Case Keenum <laughs> from the Combine, where I said he was going to be a, a starting quarterback in the league. There is. I wrote it. True fact. Good for you. I got one right. Christian Ponder says hello, though, by the way, to me. Um. <laughs> yeah, and Bortles. Bortles is smiling no. at you from the beat. How bad was he last week, by the way? He wasn't. Dude, he wasn't as bad. As, he wasn't as bad as you think he was. Go back and watch it. Oh, I, I know. My, my, my. I know what my lion eyes saw. But you know what? He, he doesn't wasn't have to be ugly bad. He, but he was bad. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be that that good. Because you know what? They're averaging two hundred one yard passing yards. And you know what Seattle averaged the year they won the Super Bowl? Two hundred two. He's not Russell Wilson. He no, he's not. But I'm just telling you, that's what they're averaging. Play. I'm just telling you, that's what they're. He asking. also does. Okay, whatever. I'm he not, can I'm run not, though. I'm not gonna. I will I not. Look, I don't think he's trap. any good either. I'm not falling for your trap. I'm not falling for it. Well, you're, you want to hear a trap? How about the trap that you said they weren't a good def- a really good defense? No, I said they wouldn't be the best defense in the league. Well, I they, could, that could turn out to be wrong. Well, you, you know, know you're wrong real, right though. now. You're wrong. You said they're the best defense in the league, and they are. They're, they're right up there. They are, they're right no, up there. they're the best right now. They're not right Pittsburgh's up there. Pittsburgh's right there, too. They're, they're right up there. They're, they're number they're one right in scoring there. defense. They're number one in total yards. They're the best defense right now. They lead in sacks. They're not the – Wait, wait, wait. Are you, now, are you now using total yards to say they're the number one defense after no. you poo-pooed it two weeks ago? Right. I, I, I'm telling you they're across the board number one. Number no, one I realize that, but, but I said two weeks ago, I was like, well, the Panthers are number one in yards, so, so they're number defense. one. You're like, that doesn't matter. They're the scoring defense. Like, the Jaguars well, they're also defense. number one in scoring defense, Brinson. All I'm saying is you're using yards. Are they now, not the best defense in the league? Easier. Yeah, they're the best. Okay. They probably are. Um, I like the Vikings in the spot, I think. The line has moved a lot. It was like Detroit minus one. Now it's Minnesota yeah, minus it's three. Weird. It's weird movement. I just think, and, and look, Minnesota, Detroit beat them earlier in the year. I just think that you're going to see the Lions struggle to move the ball against the Vikings. That's my take on it. I, I agree with I you. Think. I agree with you. I li- I'm, I'm with you. I like them, too. I, th- I think we're, yeah. both, we're both right. Um, and Are you finally, playing in the contest? I don't think I'm, right. playing, I'm not playing in the contest, though. Kirk Cousins 
is currently playing his final game, games, as a Washington Redskin. I think that's false. I think that's a hot take. I don't yeah, I don't it. buy that. They're, they're going to find a way to keep him. They have to. Look, I'm the one guy that was a little skeptical about Kirk Cousins. I'm going to give him a lot of credit. I think he's played very well this year. And in the face of a lot of crap, too. I, 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 look, you're damned if you do almost. You're damned if you don't. But I think you're more damned if you don't. And so from that standpoint, I'd pay him, find a way to keep him. I think he's going to stay with the Redskins. That's a hot take. And you wrote it. Nick wrote it. Ooh. Uh, oh, wait. You ruined the game. What kind of game show host are you? Thank you for the layup, Princeton. I'll gladly take it. Uh, what were you going to say, though, Jason? I, you he's know what? I wasn't me. really paying attention. He's... I was trying to find the lines for these games. No, so you were going to say you were going to pick of the week. I you can't find the lines. You were going to say the Redskins are uh, the Redskins are minus seven and a half in this game. Who do you like? I like Red the Giants. Team. Don't love Just them. Too much. This is a, this is a Thursday night game, right? Redskins yeah, this is a, this at home, is a Thursday, seven and a uh, half. It's a lot of lumber. I like the Giants. Yeah, I, I would I would lean to the Giants there. Um, but no, they can't lose Cousins. They're going to win too many games to be in position to, to draft a quarterback. They can't make another RG three type trade. Uh, and Snyder, he doesn't spend his money anymore. It's a dirty little secret there. Other than the left tackle, who have they paid? And Josh Norman, who fell into their lap in a weird free agent quirk, you know, turn of events in the late spring. Nobody there has got long term deals. I mean Kerrigan, but that's not a bank breaker, and that was years ago. They got to keep the quarterback. I agree. By the way, the um, the lines this week after Vegas got blasted huge by the oh they're insane. Pittsburgh minus fourteen hosting Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Baltimore minus seven hosting Houston on Monday Night Football. Oakland minus five against Denver at home. Jacksonville minus four and a half. Miami Arizona. Is it New England laying sixteen and a half? Yeah. Atlanta minus 10 at home against Tampa Bay. KC minus 10 at home against Buffalo. New England minus 16 and a half against Miami at home. Philadelphia minus 13 and a half against Chicago at home. Cincy minus 8 against Cleveland at home. They're all huge lines. Crazy. Jesus. Yeah. The smallest line that you'll see this week is the Rams minus 2.5 hosting the Saints. That's why I think it's. I think this is going to be a tough week this week. It's a tough week already. Yeah, jeez, yeah, it wins. That's why the Thursday yeah. games. I like the Thursday games a little bit because they don't have the yeah. giant lines. I might like the how Giants. Much, how much is Kansas City favored over Buffalo? Ten. That, that if Tyrod Taylor plays, that's a ton of points. But they're playing consecutive road yeah. games. It's tough. It's a tough. Week. I kind of feel like the ten implies it's not Tyrod. Right. I feel like it's six and a half. Like or that'll seven move once that's established. That'll move. Well, yeah. That's so wait, do I have to make my satanic pick now, or that's for later? No, you can make it later. Um, now, however, we need to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. If you're in need of great talent for your business but short on time, you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. What if hiring is easier, more streamlined, less time-consuming? You're busy. you got stuff to do at the office. You just want to hire somebody. You can be smart about it. Use ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter takes its smart matching technology to work. It actively notifies qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting, so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them 80%. 
It's like hiring the, the leader in the super contest. Eighty percent of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And you, listener, can go use ZipRecruiter.com for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. Try it for free one more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. All right. So that's uh, that's uh, Thanksgiving picks. I think we um, – are we – I'm taking the – just to just to wrap up, and we'll we'll Nick will tweet out his picks. Um, I've got the the Vikings, the Chargers, and the Giants against the spread. Pete, Vikings, Chargers, and Giants. Are you taking? And the, do you know, Jason? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Finish with him. I'm sorry. And are you gonna, uh, Peter? Are you taking any of those as your best bets? I don't know yet. I might take the Chargers as one of my best bets. Yeah, I'm leaning that way too. Uh, we'll tweet them out. So follow us on Twitter at Jason Lockefora, at Prisco CBS, at Will Brinson to find those picks and at the Costos. He'll do his as well. Now let's go talk to, uh, Boomer Sison about some of these Thursday games and everything else around the NFL. All right. Joining us now to help preview the Thanksgiving games and talk about week 11 and everything going on with the NFL. Boomer Sison. How you doing, Boomer? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for having me on. For sure. Um, and congrats, by the way, Greg, uh, Greg Giannotti joining you right now on the, uh, on the, yeah. on the fan. I like, I like old Greg. Yeah, he's a good right. dude. Yeah. Greg is a great guy. He's a local guy from New York and he obviously knows the entire New York sports scene. Went away for a few years at Pittsburgh and came back and has been doing morning radio at the fan really through the NFL. I mean, through the CBS uh, radio network and just seemed to be the natural fit for me, a local New York guy who was in, need of a partner because of unforeseen circumstances. So we move along and then January 2nd, he'll start as my partner. That's cool, man. I, I've, I've been doing, I've done the Gio and Jones show a few times and, um, they, uh, it's, they always, it's really early though. You know, like that, that, uh, that, that 7 a.m. <laughs> um, you sound, I always sound a little gruff at 7 a.m. Even, even with a, well, even well, with a I, I, they started seven. I actually started six. I know. So, uh, he's going to have to, he's going to have to get up a little bit earlier and he's going to have to work an extra hour. So right now he's only doing three hours and he starts at seven. I guess it's around seven o'clock and uh, now he'll be going four hours, six to 10. Man, the hardest working man in ship is right here. Um, when you, uh, you, I, you even though you're going to work early, you stay, I assume you stayed up late enough to see the, uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles play. Uh, what were your, what are your thoughts? At this stage of things, as it relates to Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, and I know the argument about the two is, is tired, but I think it is interesting that Wentz, you know, has has lost his left tackle and has lost a key defensive player and has lost some running back help. And you see the same thing for, with Dak, and he sort of struggles a little bit. Wentz seems to be elevating his game, particularly in the second half. Do, do you think that Wentz has maybe surpassed Dak in the in this in this in their respective uh, second years? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting that you are a product of what is around you and the environment that you're playing in. So last year, uh, the Eagles went through just a, a horrendous uh, injury plague, and they lost uh, Lane Johnson to a PED suspension for 10 games. And they really had no wide receivers to speak of. He was being victimized by drops left and right. So everybody thought that Carson Wentz was not really the real deal. And then conversely, on the other side, you know, Dak Prescott steps into a ready-made offense with an outstanding running back, Ezekiel Elliott, both of those guys going to have great years. Now you look at uh, Dak last night, he's missing his left tackle. He's missing his star running back. They're missing uh, their defensive captain in Sean Lee. So they are no longer the team that we saw last year and the environment's completely different as opposed to what we're watching with the Philadelphia Eagles who now went out and got, you know, high end talent at wide receiver. They added Jay Ajayi as a running back to 
uh, bolster, um, you know, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. They have a, you know, they're missing their left tackle, but, you know, Lane Johnson is there. The rest of that offensive line is there. And they got Fred Sellett back and, and, uh, and Zach Ertz back. So, I mean, they're in a, he's in a completely different, you know, world right now. So everything's going right for the Eagles. They're both really good players. I would say that Zach, I mean, uh, excuse me, that Dak is probably struggling a little bit more, but there's more responsibility on his shoulders. And what I saw last night from him was a guy that's gotten away from the fundamentals of standing in the pocket and just delivering the ball accurately. He's bouncing around all over the place. His feet are moving. He's getting off center. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why guys become inaccurate. Nervousness is one of them. And then conversely, I wouldn't sit here and tell you that Carson Wentz had the greatest of games last night. He had a few balls drop, but what he's doing this year that maybe he didn't do last year is he's escaping and he's escaping with poise, meaning that he's keeping his eyes downfield. He's making plays on the run, the broken plays that you don't have in the playbook. And he's just being a football player. So I would say both are on, you know, on a nice path. They're both going to have really good uh, professional careers who will be better than the other will depend on the environment that they find themselves in moving forward. That's a, that's, that's a very well said answer. When, when you look at the Cowboys, they have this Thanksgiving game and I have to, th- you know, this, this is our, it's on CBS. We got Cowboys Chargers, fantastic game, um, on the network. I have to think, you know, that there will be a camera shot or two focused on Jerry Jones at some point ac- across the course of the broadcast. And, and I wonder, you know, do you think that this is, one of those situations, it almost feels like the polar opposite of last year where the Cowboys were easy and free and young and sort of like just had this incredible vibe about them. And now there's so much tension with the Cowboys because of, you know, whether it's the Jerry Jones stuff off the field or, or because they're struggling. They don't have Zeke. They don't have Tyron Smith. Do you see this Cowboys team as, as a, as a playoff team or, a, you know, or, or is this something where it's kind of slipping away a little bit and, and this is a real danger zone opportunity for them against the Chargers on Thanksgiving? Well, you know, well, what this is, is the dreaded D word and D meaning distraction, right? There's <laughs> yeah. a million distractions around the Dallas Cowboys. I always feel like there are anyway, simply because Jerry Jones creates the firestorm around the team. The only owner general manager in the league, also the only owner general manager that has two different radio, uh, you know, shows <laughs> a week and has a, has an ability to put a, a, you know, an opinion out there. And I think he learned, uh, from Bob Kraft a few years ago when Bob Kraft was dealing with the Playgate. Initially, Bob Kraft, was a was a good owner, and he said, "Look, I'll take the the suspension, we'll take the fine, and we'll take the uh, the loss of a draft pick in relation to Deflategate because we want to do the right thing. We want to try to be a part of a bigger thing than just us in, in here in New England." Then all of a sudden, the fan base turned on Bob Kraft. So two weeks after that, he basically flip flopped and now started defending Tom Brady and everything else, and it all got wacky. And instead of doing the right thing and then flip flopping, Jerry Jones is coming out of the gate swinging. Yeah. in regards to Ezekiel Elliott, because he knows his fans want Ezekiel Elliott on the field. So the commissioner is in a no-win situation. Jerry Jones, uh, his behavior has been bizarre uh, the last few weeks. I mean, this is getting to the point of ridiculousness. And, you know, the the NFL owners are not going to stand for it. The league is not going to stand for it. So uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of uh, shots of him, whether or not uh, Jim and Tony get into discussing Jerry Jones and all the <laughs> things that are going on around him. You know, you know, that's up to them to decide whether or not that 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 is part of the story. But if you ask me about the Cowboys in the playoffs right now, they don't look like a playoff team. And the reason I say that is because it looks like Dak is a little bit all over the place. They don't have the running presence that they used to have. And without Sean Lee in that defense, it is like a lost defense. And they're playing a team that, you know, the Chargers are getting better each and every week. 
And they possess a pass rush like none other in the NFL with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. So it could be a long afternoon for Dak. I know that it's a Thursday. It's a short week. Most road teams don't usually play that well. But I think in this case, because of all the question marks around the Cowboys, this game should be at least competitive and wouldn't be surprised me. It wouldn't surprise me if it came down to a fourth quarter possession or two. When you look at the Chargers, it, this AFC race, I, people are going to, we're going to hear people who don't like the NFL or want to criticize the NFL co- complain about the, you know, the, the, some bad team getting in as the sixth seed in the AFC. I don't, I don't personally care. Like I love a, 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 a you know, a, slub of, of mediocrity competing for a, for a 60. I'd rather have the NFC race myself, but there are these four and six teams, Miami, the Jets, the Bengals, the Texans, the Chargers, and the, and, and the Raiders are all just one game back at the Bills and the, and the Ravens for that sixth spot. Who do you, who do you, do you think the Chargers or do you see a different team maybe that could come out of that, that maw and, and emerge as a playoff team? I would have to say the Chargers are the best out of all those teams, I think, because of the pass rush and because of Melvin Gordon and Philip Rivers. They can run the ball, they can throw the ball, and they certainly can get after the opposing passer. And then when you throw in Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen here and there, there, Hunter Henry and, uh, you know, Antonio Gates, I mean, you have a team that's legit. You know, they are a legit team. Uh, I think they got off to a bad start. Remember, they started in a new stadium. It really wasn't a home field advantage. They've been kind of a vagabond team here this year. But yet, they're still a high-quality team. So that's why I say when they go on the road this week, it's not who you play. It's when you play them and what kind of condition is that team, you know, does, does it happen to be in? So if you're, if you are the Ravens and you pitch three shutouts this year and you're slap, you know, you're, you're backslapping yourself, the fact of the matter is look at the quarterbacks that you're shutting out. You're not shutting out the top end quarterbacks and nor would you ever expect to do so. So I think the Chargers are catching the Cowboys at the absolute right time right now, just like the Philadelphia Eagles did last night. So if they go out there and the Cowboys play like they did last night, They'll get chewed up by the Chargers. There's no question about that. And I think that the Chargers got a little pump in their step right now, especially because of what this defense has begun to do in the past rushing situation. So uh, the Chargers are a good team. The question is, what does their schedule look like? Will they stay healthy? And is this a team that, you know, somebody would be afraid to play in the playoffs? I would say yes, simply because of the experience at quarterback and the two pass rushers. I'm with you 100%. It feels like, Chargers at Jacksonville for that three six spot somehow it's just gonna happen. We'll get that rematch. Um, with 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 respect to the team, the Chargers play uh, in Week Eleven. The Bills. I mean, I don't understand what was Sean McDermott thinking, Boomer, when he decided to go with Nate Peterman, a fifth round rookie, um, and, and then yank him at halftime. It, it feels like the Bills were the Bills were the six seed coming into the week, and this feels like a a, a self destruction move. Well, it, it kind of does. You know, the, the interesting thing about what the Bills did here, uh, there are a number of teams that maybe not have the better, uh, as good a record as the Bills, but right. are in a similar situation in which they have a young quarterback sitting on the bench and their fan base wants to see that young quarterback play. It could be Cincinnati with A.J. McCarron. It could be the New York Giants with Davis Webb. It could be, you know, any number of teams out there that are having problems, you know, with their quarterback, but yet they have a younger guy that they'd like to see on the field. And don't think for a moment you're not going to start hearing that stuff come out of Kansas City here before too long with Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes and Alex Smith. So I'm just telling you that the Bills are kind of doing what I think a large portion of their fan base wanted to do. The unfortunate thing for Nathan Peterman is that he went out there and he threw five interceptions. So uh, you never expect that. You never, you know, you can never imagine <clears throat> a guy starting his career like that. But then again, 
the only thing that I the only thing that I question here for Sean McDermott is if you're going to start the kid, you got to start him at home. You can't start him on the road, and you can't start him against one of the best pass rushing teams I just discussed with you, San Diego, in his first start because it's going to lead to problems. And that's exactly what it did. So I don't know what Sean McDermott, who three weeks ago was on the top of everybody's list as a potential coach of the year candidate, to now where he is as a blundering fool by playing this rookie over uh, Tyrod Taylor. It's going to be interesting to see what he does with his next decision as to who starts next week. Um, Drew Brees put up uh, a lot of points late. Is this the best position he's been in since 2009? They have a running game. They have a defense. It feels like the Saints are more complete than they've been since we saw them run the table. Yeah, I, you know, the thing about Drew Brees last night, he finished the game 11 for 11. Yep. And when it came time for him to play and him to perform, he did what he normally does, and that's perform. 15, and perform 15 yards per level. attempt, too. Sorry, yeah, 15, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but he is just – he is uh, he's a stud player. He – probably should be in the same class as the other stud players that have uh, uh, you know done what he has done, done in, in terms of playing. But for some reason, everybody leaves him out of that like top three or four guys. I don't because when you take a look at his stature physically and his numbers uh, on the field each and every year and how he and Sean Payton have been great down there, it's finally nice to see a defense and a running game supporting him. So they have what every team wants they have youth and speed and they also have the experience at quarterback you know san diego chargers are not unlike the new orleans saints it's just that the san diego chargers got off to a bad start new coaching staff and all of that other stuff but when you take a look at the two teams and you start comparing the rosters you can see a lot of similarities especially when it comes to the young players and the impact that they're having on their rosters and how the older quarterbacks are benefiting from the youth. Uh, the same thing could be said in New England. The same thing could be said in, in uh, Detroit right now. Older quarterbacks that are around younger guys and younger guys really, you know, allowing the older players to feed off of them. So it's it's a good situation in, in, in New Orleans, much like it is in San Diego. Certainly it is in uh, New England. What's the move for the Bengals this offseason? And they can still make a run in the, to the playoffs. Mention them among the four and six teams. But they're, they feel like they're in such limbo with Marvin Lewis and maybe even Andy Dalton. Do you blow it up if you're Mike Brown, or is this a keep with the status quo thing, do you think? Well, you know, I said yesterday on the NFL Today going into the game against Denver that, you know, this it's time to really move on and, and try to figure out where we're going to go from here because I don't think Marvin Lewis is coming back. I actually think he will retire at the end of the season. Uh, he is a lame-deck coach right now. There's no way that the Bengals are going to – fire Marvin. There's no reason to do that. Marvin's been a, a loyal soldier. and has been really a terrific uh, head coach for the group of players that they've had in there over the years. It's unfortunate that they just only got so far. And I kind of feel like they are where the maybe the Saints were a few years back. But, you know, mm. the Saints at least won a Super Bowl with Sean Payton. The Bengals haven't even won a playoff game with Marvin Lewis. So I kind of believe that there needs to be a new direction, a fresh start, um, a, a new beginning, if you will. And I don't know if Andy Dalton's a part of that, only they do internally. I like Andy. I think he's a high-character guy, a guy that you can count on that will be there in practice, will be there in the meeting rooms, will certainly set a certain standard uh, for your team. He's a serious NFL quarterback. I, you know, He's just not one of those upper echelon guys and hasn't turned into one, even though they have uh, surrounded him with a lot of good 
young talent. So it's a disappointing year thus far for them. They're still in it, as uh, one of the guys I work with at WFN Radio told me, hey, boom, we are in the hunt. I said, what do you mean you're in the hunt? He goes, well, we made the graphic, man, so that means we're playing <laughs> meaningful football <clears throat> here late in November, and that's all I could ask for. So, yeah, they're right there with San Diego. They're right there with uh, Houston and all those other teams that are mired in mediocrity right now. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you, I watch everybody. If you're not watching the NFL on CBS, the NFL today before the games, what are you doing? What are you even, what are you even bothered to turn on the TV for? Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a good soldier too. Uh, the, um, I, I really do enjoy it, but it, it feels like to me that the, the crew that you guys have right now, um, it, it, you guys are having fun, right? It, fe- it feels like it's an, like a very energetic and fun group. Is it just as fun off the desk? And or do you have any good stories about, um, you know, about, I mean, like, you, you know, you and Phil rib each other constantly on, on NFL, on, uh, on the, on inside the NFL. So, I mean, I assume that there's, that goes on while you're watching the games as well. Oh, it does. 100% it does. And, uh, the one thing about Nate and Phil, the new additions that we have to our show on Sunday is that they are living, breathing football every single day, whether it be on NFL Network for Nate, who does it every morning, the morning show over there, or Phil, who's constantly breaking down film. I, I think Phil really would love to run a football team. That's my, that's what I wow. get from him. And, you know, he is so intense with the film study, with the, uh, you know, with the whole combine thing. You know, that's not really my thing. My thing is I, I love being – more of the peripheral stuff, more of the interpersonal relationships between coaches and players and owners and owners and owners and the commission, the commissioner and the players. I love being in that space. You know, I love uh, all the dramatics that go on around the NFL and the way these games play out and the players that are making the plays or are not making the plays or the coaches who make the bad decisions or the good decisions for that matter. That's where I like to live. That's my space. But Phil's space is really the personnel, the players, and, and watching and knowing the players intimately, you know, for 20 years doing what he did for CBS, he created so many great relationships, front office, coach-wise, owner, general manager, you name it. He knows everybody. So we have a good uh, sense of uh, fun with that. You know, he stays in his lane, his lane I stay in my lane. Um, but Nate is great. And, and, of course, Coach Cower is always the guy that you, you fall back on when you're looking for sage advice, adult <laughs> advice, you know, mature advice. That's where we go because the rest of us are still a bunch of kids. Do you do you ever rib Coach Cower about Maryland beating NC State, or is that um, I'm an NC State guy myself? Anything I, I can. I got to <laughs> tell you though. I got, well, I got to tell you, I try to rib him as any, on anything I can because I really can't talk too much about the Bengals beating the Steelers lately. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no kidding. Well, hey, look, the uh, it, the NFL today is as good as it's ever been. Um, you guys have tremendous chemistry. It's the best pregame show going, and we uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time, remember? Well, appreciate it very much. Have a great Thanksgiving to you and your family and all your listeners out there. Likewise. Same to you guys.